Hi, everyone. Welcome again to the Let's Sip Together podcast. I am Kendra, and I am so excited that you are all here. Tonight, I am sipping on one of my favorite red wines of all time. It's called Chaos Theory. It's by Brown Estates, which is in Napa, California. And oh my gosh, this is hands down one of my favorite, favorite red blends of all time. Um, I wanted to chat with you tonight about this realization that I came to recently. My oldest daughter celebrated her 11th birthday and many of you that are parents probably do the same thing that I do and you think about how fast time has flown and I swear that she was literally born yesterday and I blinked my eyes and now she is 11. And as a parent, you know, there are things that we all sort of consciously teach our kids and then there is a lot that I've uncovered over the last year and talking to a therapist and all of that. There is a lot from our childhoods that we sort of learn just from our environment and our own families and all of that. And a couple of things kind of come to mind. Number one, and I don't think that I've said this on previous episodes, but it was my daughters and setting the example for them and being a role model for them is ultimately what pushed me to get a divorce. Um, You know, it it was something that kind of built up over, you know, a, a period of months and years, but ultimately what finally kind of put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, is that I came to this realization that my daughters are going to be looking to me to see what a healthy marriage looks like and what a wife looks like and what a mother looks like and what, you know, what a woman looks like. And I recognize and acknowledge that they weren't seeing the best example. Um, And so I sort of became a bit more aware of not necessarily the explicit things that we teach our kids about being kind to each other and picking up their laundry and all of that, but sort of the behaviors that I was modeling for them that maybe aren't the best. So in thinking about my daughter who turned 11 and she's going into middle school next year and navigating all of those changes that come along with adolescence, we have had some really interesting conversations over the last several months. And there have been quite a few times that as I've been talking with her and giving her advice or feedback, I'm realizing also in my head, you know, saying to myself, you should be taking that advice too. So one of the big things I found is that I have always been someone that struggled to ask for help. I'm fiercely independent, and somewhere along the line, I learned that I should always try to do everything on my own, like asking for help was some kind of weakness or something. And over the last few years, I have seen that trait 
unfold in Charlotte as well. Um, it was something I remember one of her teachers saying that she doesn't like asking for help. She doesn't like making mistakes or asking for help or asking questions. And Charlotte is as stubborn and independent as I am. So teaching her to ask for help is something that's really, really important to me. It's it's also kind of a tricky balance because I want both of my girls to have a certain level of independence. I want them to try new things on their own and have that tenacity in them to keep going. But I also want them to know that everyone needs help sometimes and everyone makes mistakes and nobody is perfect. So while she has seen me help a lot of other people in my community, for example, I don't think that I have really modeled the act of receiving help very well. And I'm just so thankful that she has, in fact, started to ask for help at school and at home. And I'm also thankful that I have learned that lesson as well. Um, It would have been, quite frankly, impossible for me to go through the last two years without asking for help. I went several months without wanting to bother anyone um, or ask for help until finally I had no choice. There was no alternative. And I guess That's kind of how it works, right? (laughs) Um, Thankfully, I have realized that going through a separation and divorce, and quite frankly, just day-to-day life in general, is not something that I needed to do alone and not something that anyone should have to do alone. I am so lucky to have such supportive friends and family, and I'm so thankful that I eventually opened myself up and allowed them in and accepted the help that was offered. And whether that was emotional support or just listening, or it was my brother coming over and flipping over the newly assembled dining room table that was too heavy for me to flip on my own. I'm just so thankful that this is a lesson that I have finally learned. And I'm I'm thankful to have the village around me that I do because I know not everyone has that. Um, also, as you can imagine, with Charlotte at her age, we're having a lot of conversations about friendships and relationships with different people that she's going to come across. And she has always been someone that wears her heart on her sleeve. And recently, we've had to have conversations around the idea that not everybody's going to like you. And quite frankly, you're not going to like everyone, and that's okay. And as I'm saying those words to her, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. I'm saying them to myself as well because for as long as I can remember, I have very much been a people pleaser. I wanted everyone to like me and if they didn't, I would want to know why and try to somehow fix it or fix myself. And obviously this stems back to a lot of insecurity from years back. We'll save that for another day. But logically, I know as an adult, not everyone in the world is going to like me. But for some reason, that's something that was really hard for me to accept for a long time. And thankfully, what I found is that there's a certain freedom in recognizing you're not going to like everyone and not everyone is going to like you and that's okay. And it doesn't make me a bad person and it doesn't make the other person a bad person. We're just not meant to be friends and that's okay. And 
those conversations we've been having have also segued into talking about boundaries. And I feel like boundaries is sort of a hot word that I don't remember hearing a lot about up until recently. But as adults, you know, we know that friendships change and relationships change. I'm 42 years old. I've had friendships that have lasted a lifetime and I've had friendships that have only lasted a short time. There's that quote, right, that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And Charlotte and I have talked about that. But we know as those relationships change, we understand that. But for kids, it seems to be a really complex, you know, topic. It's hard for her to kind of understand about friendships changing or relationships changing. And we've talked about the idea that if a friend or someone that you just met or whatever does something that you don't like or something that hurts your feelings, then you have to tell them because they may not know. And for a long time, I know I wouldn't speak up if somebody was doing something or saying something that bothered me. And I I recognize that in Charlotte as well. And, you know, again, and saying to her, you have to tell them they may not know. I can think of an example with her that someone had a nickname for her that she didn't like. And they kept calling her this nickname. And I said, did you tell them you don't like it? And she said, no. And I said, well, they may not know that you don't like it. They might think that you think it's funny. So you have to tell them. And sure enough, Once she had the courage to speak up and say, I don't like that, it stopped, which is great. But on the other side, if you tell this friend or a person or whoever that you don't like something and they continue doing it, then that person might not be for you. That might not be a friend for you. And of course, while the situations between my 11-year-old daughter and me as an adult are completely different, obviously, the idea of setting boundaries and holding on to them is something important for her to learn. And it's also something that I'm really thankful that I have learned now in my 40s. Probably would have helped me (laughs) to understand that concept as a little bit younger of an adult. But, um, And the last thing that she and I have been talking about a lot lately is the importance of finding something that you love doing. We were talking about how right now school for her isn't really a choice. She has to go to school. But outside of school, any activities that she's choosing to take part in, I want them to be activities that light her up that she loves. I don't want her to be involved in activities or sports that she feels like she has to do or that she should do for whatever reason. I want them to be passions for her. And I suppose this, you know, is kind of in that same line of people pleasing that I mentioned before. But for years myself, I found myself saying yes to different events and commitments that I truly didn't want to go to or didn't want to take part in. But I did because I felt like I had to. And it literally took a pandemic and a divorce for me to get more protective of my time and energy and only give it to those things and people that I really, really care about and that bring me joy. And along that same vein, I love looking at my daughter who is so brave and courageous 
and loves to try new things. I don't know where along the line, I don't think it's just me. There are other adults, I think, that are like me, but we get so caught up in the day-to-day, you know, work, family, responsibilities, all of that, that we stop trying new things. We stop trying fun things that we're just curious about. And I love that about Charlotte. And recently has she signed up for two different sports activities that she's never tried before. And she's excited. And I'm learning from her again to step out of my comfort zone a little bit, to be brave, to try something new, because I'll never know if I really enjoy something until I try it. So I don't know. It's really, really interesting, again, thinking about all of the lessons that we try to teach our children. And when I finally, you know, get quiet and sit down and pause, I'm really able to see all of the lessons that they teach me as well, especially my oldest, who is oftentimes a miniature version of me. So I'm sorry, mom, (laughs) because the stubbornness streak in the oldest daughter is a strong one. So that is all for today. If you're listening and you're enjoying the Let's Sip Together podcast, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening from. You can also follow us on Instagram at Let's sip together underscore the podcast. Cheers again and thanks for listening.